Koinonia, Christian fellowship, communion with God and with fellow Christians. Koinonia, an association of people who share common beliefs and activities. This is Koinonia. This is Community. And now, your host, Tom Brown. And now, your host, Vocab Malone. Uh-oh. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? My name is Vocab Malone, host of the radio show here on 1360 KPXQ Faith Talk for a number of years called Urban Theologian Radio, where we discussed doctrine, theology, apologetics. We kind of got deep, but we also had a lot of fun with it, and that's exactly what we intend to do today. We're going to discuss something kind of controversial, but as I am keen to do, by God's grace, we're going to discuss something kind of controversial and culturally relevant with a distinctive Christian eye, a biblical filter, so to speak. I'll introduce the topic in one minute. First, let me introduce today's guest. Today, I'm hanging out with a friend who goes to Roosevelt Community Church with me. We're brothers in the Lord. We're church members together. We're fellow Christian hip-hop aficionados. His name is John Talley Third. Welcome to Koinonia, John Talley Third. What's up, man? What's up? How you feeling? Hey, I'm doing all right, man. So, John Talley, let's tell people about yourself. I'm going to say keywords, and then you fill in the, the details. Yeah. Okay, Philadelphia. Born and raised. <laughs> nah, just kidding. Go ahead. That's true, all right? Uh, I was born there. I lived a lot of different places, though, so, but, you know, Philly's home. And now you live? Phoenix, Arizona, south side. Why'd you, you know? move to Phoenix? Uh, man, um, well, my mom came out here. Yeah. We relocated, you know, with her, um, and then just ended up staying. All so. right. Big basketball fan? Of course, man. You already know, man. Uh, I I don't really want to say my team right now because, you know, they're not really doing too well, but, you know. <laughs> What's your teams? Uh, we, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm from Philly, so I'm a Philadelphia 76ers fan. Who else do you like? That's it. Oh, okay. You like uh, football? Did you care about that, whatever that game was last night? Oh, yeah, yeah. The Super Bowl was crazy. You know what I mean? It definitely was a good game. Peyton Manning, he finally tied uh, with Eli Manning, so... I'm okay right. with that. You know, the Super Bowl uh, last night got a little dumber than it had previously been. It was already dumb, but then it got dumber because they switched out the Roman numeral, the L, and turned it into <laughs> a 5 and a 0. So now the NFL, yeah. it's basically it's one last remaining saving grace that it held on to, which it was still popularizing Latin. It's gone. So it's literally, football is literally worthless now, guys, because of that. <laughs> Uh, I think I disagree with that, but you know. That's okay. all right. We're allowed to do that. And so that reminds us of what we're going to talk about today, which is a Christian view of Black History Month. Is there such a thing as a biblical view on Black History Month? I think Christians can have some distinctive views, talking points as well, that they can speak to this issue, the reason why we're doing the show, of course, it's first week, basically, uh, February. Well, now we're starting the second week, early here in February, and it's a time on the calendars where uh, in the culture and on the calendars, traditionally, people celebrate Black History Month. So that's what we're going to talk about. Now, John Talley III is black, and he is a Christian, but he's, I don't know, are you historical yet? <laughs> 
<laughs> am, am I historical yeah, yet? It depends how you define historical, right? But, yeah. Oh, one last thing about you. We got time. Yeah. Grand Canyon University. What about that? Yeah, uh, graduated from GCU, um, home of the Lopes, uh, with a bachelor's in uh, Christian studies. And uh, now I'm over at uh, Roosevelt Community Church, uh, downtown Phoenix, as a pastoral resident. So so you're mildly qualified to talk about today's issue. I like to think so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, well, my name is Vocab, Urban Theologian Radio, sitting in for Tom Brown here on Quinania, chilling with my main man, JT3, John Talley Third. We're talking about a Christian view of Black History Month. When we come back, we're going to introduce you to some figures you should know but probably don't and give you some Bible, baby. All right, see you in a second, homies. Don't go anywhere. You do not want to miss the next 55 minutes. See you on the other side. What up, ladies and gentlemen? My name is Vocab Alone. Been a host of a show called Urban Theologian Radio. Apparently, that's what makes me qualified to be sitting in this chair that is normally holding up the uh, very um, muscular physique of Tom Brown. And if you've seen Tom Brown, you know exactly what I'm talking about, that muscular, handsome, beautiful bod he possesses. He's been very blessed in that area. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I just want people to look him up now so they can just laugh. But, uh, hey, guys, don't, don't worry. It ain't that kind of show. Although we did get some hearts on Periscope. So if you're yeah, listening yeah. right now and you're at your crib – you can see us on Periscope. Just go to at Urban Theologic. That's the Twitter handle for Urban Theologian Radio. So we're on Periscope. Got a few people checking in. What's up, people in Periscope land? What do they call it these days? At Urban Theologic is where you can see us. So reintroducing myself, Vocab Malone, and... John Talley III. And tell people one more time, why are you qualified to talk about today? I'm qualified <laughs> to talk about today because I am a... Uh, Grand Canyon University graduate, and I'm a pastoral resident over at Roosevelt Community Church in downtown Phoenix. John Talley III, what are we talking about today? Today we're talking about uh, a Christian view of black history. All right, let me ask you some questions, and then I'll jump in on your questions. Ready? Yeah, yeah. Should we, as Christians, take note of, celebrate, support this thing called Black History Month. Why or why not? Yeah, I mean, um, I think I think it's something that Christians can do, uh, especially with the with an eye or with a, a, a um, an expectation, if you will, with looking at it through the lens of Scripture, looking at it through the lens of God's providence. You know how He specifically how He uh, His guiding hand and how He deals with His people and how He cares for His people. So um, when you look at Black History Month and black history in general, I I mean, you can definitely see God's hand uh, guiding along the way through many different men. Through many toils, trials, and snares. Absolutely. That we've already come. Absolutely. All right. Okay. So you said a Christian can view Black History Month that way. Do you think Christians should? Okay, yeah, I definitely think they should. Or do you think Black History Month is something that the church should say, let's get rid of that because it's divisive? I've heard people say stuff like that. What do you think? Um, no, I don't think it's necessarily divisive. I, I think that we should have a view and, and look at it through the lens and have an eye from that. Um, because with that, we can see and be encouraged by what 
God, the Holy Spirit has done through through the through history, and we can be encouraged by that. So I think about different, many different people, but uh, one, I mean, one guy in particular, like Lamel Haynes, who was a, a pastor of a <laughs> of a of a predominantly white congregation, especially right. during that time, was like that's crazy, you know right, what I mean? Right. And we get to see God's um, the, how the Holy Spirit worked in that time, and more so how He was able to not only just be an African American pastor in that context, but how He was able to refute false teaching. And during that time, He was going, He was, you know, it was deism that was going, that was uh, growing rampant, as well as universalism, and how He was able to combat that. Um, and uh, a Titus one uh, mindset of have you know have how an elder should be able to refute false teaching. Deism is the idea that what John Talley? What's deism? Deism What's is uh, education time for the listeners. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Thomas Jefferson uh, was was more of a deist in the sense that he believed in a God, but he believed in a God that would create something and then walk away from it. The, we, uh, the term that we that we normally say is a, a watchmaker type of God. He so would he step away. He he's not wound able, it up. Yeah, he winds it up, it. but he's not necessarily uh, personal or involved mm-hmm. in his creation that he created. It's kind of like absentee landlord, maybe. Yeah, some <laughs> some people might like All that right. though. <laughs> What's universalism though? How, uh, you said Lemuel Haynes, who was a black pastor, by the way, lived from 1753 to 1833. You can look him up right now. L e m u e l h a y n e s. We're going to be name dropping a couple of folks as we do this this special on a Christian view of Black History Month. Um, what about universalism? What's that? Universalism is the is the term that that. Um, Basically, everybody can be saved. Uh, any, matter of fact, everybody will be saved. Mm-hmm. Um, if you think about it from the standpoint of uh, think about doing some type of a, a sport or something, everybody like that. runs the race. And everybody runs the race. Everybody, race and everybody wins. And, right. and uh, that's the idea. So no matter how what you believe, no matter how you live your life, no matter what worldview you have, everyone's going to heaven and be with God. So he he um, battled those ideas. In fact. He said that um, that idea of universalism is basically as, as old as Satan himself. It's a lie from Satan because Satan says, hey, uh, don't you—I mean, you have to, I'll just put it this way. Look up Lemuel Haynes and look up some of his sermons, and he talks specifically about this. There's some good stuff. Um, and on Lemuel Haynes' tombstone, listen, I, w- I want people to hear what he said. He said, here lies the dust of a poor, hell-deserving sinner who ventured into eternity trusting wholly— on the merits of Christ for salvation. <laughs> now, that's not a deistic or universalistic message, although it is an Orthodox Christian message. Absolutely. And what we're, tr- what we're trying to do is uh, say, yes, there is a distinctive way for us to bu- view Black History Month. And so far, at least John and I are in agreement. Uh, Who's he say? Oh, we got uh, someone on Periscope said that's dope. Hey, we'll do some more education. Yeah, yeah, uh, if you're listening to 1360 Faith Talk and you're not used to, like, kind of a— urban guys being on the radio uh, will uh, help you out. So, for example, if somebody says that's dope, what they mean is that's good, that's excellent. And if you want to hear more or even see these people's faces, some of the guys and gals we're going to be talking about throughout the show, follow us on Instagram, urban underscore theologian, U-R-B-A-N underscore theologian on Instagram. And every single day in February, plus a few in March, um, one day in March specifically, I'm going to be posting up 30 black Christians you should know. And so right now we've got, uh, let's see, uh, eight of them that we've done and we'll continue on. So, John, let me ask you this. Um, 
you said there is a way to view Black History Month through Scripture. Do you think a Christian – is it kind of too much? Is it like too religious or too pious or too sanctimonious to say that Christians can view everything in life through Scripture? Is that possible? Is that what you're – are you, do you advocate for that type of lens as we look out on the world where everything can be filtered through Scripture? Or is it just certain things maybe? I would say – I mean I think – I would say a holistic view – of life, right? Should be. I mean, as a as a as the Christian as a Christian, we should be. Um, since the Bible is the Word of God, right. and we believe that as the final authority on everything, um, I think that we should have a view and look through life. But John Talley the Third, the Bible doesn't say anything about Black History Month. So how can I have a Christian view of Black History Month? Let me help you out. What's a Christian view of time, in your opinion? And the biblical view, as close as you can approximate, what's a Christian view of time specifically? Let's start there. A Christian view of time? Yeah, of, of time and of history, perhaps. God is Lord over time. So what makes you say that? Is like What kind of biblical doctrine are you pulling from? You know what I'm saying? What makes you say something like that? What if someone said, no, he's not. He's, not, he's kind of involved, but not totally involved. What makes you say yeah. he's Lord over it? Yeah, um, I would say God is in his sovereignty, the doctrine of God's sovereignty. What does sovereignty mean? Sovereignty means that God is ultimately uh, in control of everything, and he has the authority on everything. And he's not separated from history, or he's not separated from anything. So All God, right. God's sovereignty is his total, absolute control. So do you think there's maybe biblical examples especially perhaps in narratives you could point to to justify your belief in that doctrine of God's personal involvement in time, in history, and his sovereignty? You got any uh, examples? Yeah, I mean, biblically, I mean, the story of Joseph. Um, okay. That's, that's, a, that's a huge one. Genesis 50? Genesis 50. Um, Joseph had a very tough uh, uh, life. You know, he had a life of suffering, a life of a lot of stuff going on where he's not he's getting beaten thrown into a pit sold into slavery with his brothers uh then while he's in slavery he ends up going to prison because he ends up getting a, 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 a falsely accused a falsely a, a rape charge if you will right. um that he didn't do and then he still is able to um in jail in prison use his gifts and from there be get um um promoted to the one of the highest uh uh, places um, in Egypt uh, as the second person in power. Um, and he looks at all that, and, you know, Genesis 50, he talks about uh, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. Genesis fifty twenty, what you yeah. meant for evil, God meant for God, good. God, for, God, for, God meant for good. And in that, Joseph was able to bless people of, of all nations and specifically uh, his brothers and right. the story of forgiveness and all that. So that God is sovereign over all of that. And even though it was some suffering going on, he's still sovereign over that. Right. And I think the most important one is the crucifixion of Jesus. Right. I mean, right. Acts chapter two. Uh, what Peter, does it say there in general? Uh, yeah, in general, uh, Peter talks about, he says uh, uh, to the, this was, Jesus was delivered up mm -hmm. to the foreknowledge in the definite plan yeah. of God. Right. According to, yeah. According to, right. That so Greek word kata. Exactly. So, um, so yeah, God is sovereign over all these events, and um, despite how much uh, frustration, suffering, whatever it may have, ultimately God is sovereign over that, and likewise just with black history.
Yeah, there's uh, two different prayers, Acts 2 and Acts 4, where the early church speaks of the crucifixion of Jesus in very, very sovereign-like terms when they discuss it. And in one of the places, uh, the early church says, uh, uh, I think it's right in the same passage or it's in the Acts 4 one. I forget which one it is, but they say, to do whatever your hand predestined them to do. Mm, And it's referring to Pilate. Yeah. And uh, the religious leaders and basically, you know, all the bad folks that was involved with doing some messed up stuff to Jesus, basically deicide, killing God in mm. a sense, in a sense. Um, you have that, and yet you have this view where they're like, but this is all God. Yeah. And so, look, especially, now think about this. Think about the the history of black Americans in America. You know, now I call them black Americans at the time, uh, you know, first generation, you know, if you're freshly snatched you're you're an african in america but here you go and you you look at it how can you not see that what a beautiful thing especially in the biblical narrative to be able to relate to especially a guy like a joseph hmm. you know he's falsely accused which regularly happened to black americans and right, in many right. ways still does uh he he's unjustly put in a, he's betrayed unjustly put in slavery i mean you just go down this list and you see there's a lot there that you can identify with, especially with knowing that su- uh, suffering and hurt. So I think Black History Month can be a time to kind of redeem that history of suffering. Right, right, right. And instead of, like, only pointing out the bad, because the bad is there. We're not running from it. We're not scared. We want to we wanna, uh, accept and it point to the reality of sin in history. But as Christians point to the redemptive that's right. value. That's right, yeah. When we come back on the other side. I'm going to give some more thoughts on a Christian view of Black History Month, vocab alone of Urban Theologian Radio, but my main man, John Talley Third. And if you're on Periscope, yeah, yeah. hang with us. We got a little break, so go get something to eat or something like that. See you in a second, homies. Ted Fraser said, doing well, guys. Appreciate you. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? This is Koinonia. You are listening to 1360 KPXQ Faith Talk, connecting faith and life. My name is Vocab Malone. Tom Brown graciously invited me to step in, fill in for the man in his boots. I'm doing my best here today. He's a hard one to come after, but it's going good. And we're discussing something that's current and sometimes controversial, but we don't think it needs to be. And even if you don't agree with everything we say, just give us a listen. We're not crazies up here. We, we're trying to do our best to think about this biblically. You know what I'm saying? And if you're an, a non-Christian tuning in, why don't you get a taste? I'd like you to get a taste of, of what a, the Christian worldview looks like, because that's what we're trying to do is to show how there's a, a view of the world that a biblically informed Christian has, and it literally is relevant to literally everything. To help me do that today, I've got my main man over there, John Talley Third. What up, Jay? What's up? What's up? You got your uh, Jordan jumpsuit on there? Know that. That's uh, You guys see his Jordan Jordan jumpsuit there? That's called the Jumpman logo, right? That's the official yeah. name, Jumpman like, logo? I, I know you don't really like basketball like that, uh-huh. but you like Jordan, right? Uh, depends what you mean by like. Do you like Jordan's game on the court? I think, you know, any person just watching Jordan is going to have, like, massive respect. Right. And anyone looking at what he did for basketball and the teams he was with, 
yada, 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 will have massive respect. But And I like certain ways about the ways he played. Okay. But I don't know, man. It's hard for me to like a lot of basketball players. You know, the Hall of Fame induction speech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I got to give him some negative marks for that and <laughs> other things here and there. You know, I mean, they don't all be acting like, you know, I mean, he ain't no Christian. You know, he's cool, whatever. But, <laughs> I mean, I mean, even, you know, I don't know. I don't want to say too much. I mean, uh-huh. I mean, it's like Charles Barkley. I got mad respect for Barkley. I find him very entertaining. Okay. You know, then and now. Yeah. Like, I, I like a certain level of how he plays, that ruggedness, you know, going to get it done no matter what. Uh, but, like, there's no way I would ever point to him in any other way to be like, check this guy out. He, he's got a good thing you should em- emulate. You know, there's, there's few and far between where you see a dude like A.C. Green, who used to play back in the day, get his teeth knocked out, pick him up, walk off, and not even retaliate. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's that's a legit dude right there. Gotcha. Anyways, we're talking basketball here on Black History Month. <laughs> not that we had to, but John Talley III made it. Well, maybe it was my fault because I mentioned Jordan. Anyways, let's get back to the topic <laughs> at hand. John Talley III, what have we said so far about a Christian view of Black History Month? Quick recap. Where have we been? Man, we talked a lot about uh, providence as 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 a uh, as God's guiding hand and seeing that through the lens of Black History. All right. Uh, we talked a little bit about suffering. Um, yeah. About uh, Joseph and um, Genesis fifty, what meant for evil, God meant for good. Um, and we talked a little bit about Lamel Haynes as well, who was a African American uh, pastor back in the day. There's a biography on him called The Black Puritan, or, or it's called Black Puritan, Black Republican, I think, is the full name of it. Yeah. But yeah, there's some good books on him. Go ahead. Yeah. So we talked about him and how he combated uh, the heresies of his day. Right, right. And um, and how ultimately, when we look at history, black history, whatever, we can be encouraged by the work of the Holy Spirit in each man. So do you think there is a, such a thing as a Christian view of suffering? Is there such a thing as what are some pointers of what a Christian view of suffering is and why is it important in relationship to Black History Month? Well, yeah, um, well, uh, ultimately, the Christian will suffer. I think the scripture is very clear on that to some form or some capacity. It may look in different ways in different contexts, but Christians are called to suffer. Right. Um, And the thing about it is, are we going to be able to suffer well or will we suffer well? Right. Um, Ultimately, joy uh, I think from suffering, uh, we should find some element of joy in the midst of our suffering. And specifically with blacks, um, black Americans, black history, we have a lot of suffering that was going on from from slavery, um, from a, a plethora of different things, but mainly slavery and how that suffering um, and how they was able to endure, how God was able to still be with them and how some of them was able to... Uh, be converted under the suffering of slavery. Right, right. Uh, Frederick Douglass and uh, Phyllis Wheatley and, and, and a few different others. Um, suffering produces joy, and ultimately suffering can produce blessings to not only yourself but also to other people. Yeah, you mentioned Phyllis Wheatley, 1753 to 1784. Let me read from her card that we've created. It's sort of a digital card here at, on Instagram at Urban underscore theologian, sold into slavery from West Africa, raised in Boston, learned Greek and Latin classics. She was the first black woman to publish a book. Poems included a tribute to George Whitfield. Beast. Now, if you know anything about George Whitfield, he was key 
in the first great awakening here in the United States. He was a British man. He was an Anglican, uh, what you would call sort of a Calvinist Anglican. And, uh, I mean, led to a – God used him to, to see a lot of conversions. Orphanage. He opened up yeah. an orphanage as well. Opened yeah. up orphanage and a lot of poor folks, poor kids is in there, and I think a lot of them were black, yep. right, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and and so she she actually pre, uh, had a tribute poem to George Whitfield. She had a poem on the some poems on the cruelty of slavery as another theme and, as you mentioned, God's providence – and she has a poem called On Being Brought from Africa to America. Let me just read a little slice. It says this. "'Twas mercy brought me from my pagan land, taught my benighted soul to understand that there's a God, that there's a Savior too. Once our redemption neither sought nor knew. Now, Phyllis Wheatley has actually dropped out of popular a little bit on folks that study black history. Specifically, this is, my, this is some of my theory you know, uh, here, but some of it I think is just how it is. Black culture in black America is not as Christianized, if you want to use that word, or churchized as it once was. It is getting more secularized, although at a slower rate. Maybe you can make a parallel with the South. The South is getting secularized, but at a slower rate than the rest of the United States. Similar within black communities, Phyllis Wheatley's become less and less popular because she was able to distinctly see God's providence in slavery, as, you, as she mentioned there. So she mentioned travesty, you know, getting snatched out of a land, but then how God used that to bring her to, to salvation. Now, that's no excuse for what the evil people did. By the way, in the Old Testament, do you guys know the penalty for kidnapping in the Old Testament? It was death. Yep. In the Old Testament— if you kidnap somebody, the penalty was not a slap on the wrist. It was actually death. And so the the slave trade functioned on kidnapping by and large. Now, there's sure, other yeah. ways you could be like, oh, what about those kings who brought in people that they had conquered in battle? Okay, that's true. But still, I mean, do you still really think it's right? But I'm just saying – uh, these home after a while that that didn't keep up with the demand. So dudes started going into the interior more and more of West Africa, especially and kidnapping people. Kind of like you see in the beginning of Roots. If you've ever seen Roots, right. I mean, something along those lines. But look, she's not saying slavery is good. She wrote on cruelty. She's saying, look what God used. All right. So just but, like just like Joseph, exactly. Just, just like the Joseph thing. And there's something too about suffering that. When people are broken, we're all broken people, right? right we're yep. all born into sin and, you know, um, all born into Adam, so to speak. Yes. But <clears throat> it's something about uh, when suffering, uh, in the midst of suffering, and your brokenness is more uh, revealed, right. I, I think. And and honestly, that I believe that's the time when the Lord really wants to work right. uh, through people's brokenness and what better way um, in history, Amer- American slavery, right. for that to happen? Yeah, and so what we're trying to do is say, look, Black History Month happens every February in America. We talked about a Christian view of time. Now we're talking about a Christian view of suffering. What we're saying is, here it is, a Christian can look and see great themes about which to talk. And look, you got to understand, imagine if you're looking back on black history in America and you don't have a God-centered view. What do you see? And I'll just say it's going to be difficult for you to be able to see God's providence because let's say you don't have a God-centered view or you don't believe in God, whatever the case is. And so the reactions can't be the same because you can't see the redemption 
being brought out of suffering. And so that more likely leads to rage, anger, bitterness, hatred, a desire for revenge, things that the natural man produces naturally. We don't need any hand, and it's not like a special black thing to have those attributes and be upset about stuff. That's just a human thing when you see you want to get back and make it worse and yada, yada, yada. We're talking about a distinct, distinctively Christian view of Black History Month because um, we want to say to Christians especially, everything should be filtered through the lens of God's Word. That's why we talked a little bit about a Christian view of time, a Christian view of Amen. suffering. Yeah. Now let's talk a little bit about a Christian view of culture. We're not going to be able to finish this one. Okay. We're not going to be able to finish this one. But I think this relates, and let me get it started here, and, and, and let's see. We could think about it on the break together. Black History Month is not mandated in the Bible. Okay, we agree on that, right? No one has a verse, do they? First Hezekiah Walker. <laughs> uh, Black History Month is not worldwide, at least, you know, the way it is. I'm not saying it's nowhere, but I'm saying it's not everywhere, Okay. Uh, I don't think they celebrate Black History Month in Iceland, to my knowledge, for example, right? I'd be surprised if they did. Well, let me know if we have any Iceland listeners. All right. It is in America. Here it is. It's part of the culture. We market. People talk about it. Listen, to the people who traditionally, if this is you, just listen to me. If you haven't liked it, it's bothered you for whatever reason, you've said, well, there's no White History Month, and you don't like that notion, it's here to stay, man, first of all. Hmm. So I'm just kind of telling you, it's not like abortion, which it doesn't have to be here to say, and it's wicked and evil, and we got to do our best to get rid of it. Black History Month is not like that, but it is here to stay. So instead of, well, there's no White History Month, why not think of more Christian ways to view a cultural event or phenomenon or even you could say celebration or holiday? Uh, let me give you some parallels, okay? Uh, St. Patrick's Day. It's not mandated in the Bible again, yada, yada, yada. It got popular when the Irish folks came over more and more. And now it's celebrated totally detached from its Christian roots. But it's a cultural event that happens in America, whether we like it or not. Why don't we have a Christian view of it? Hmm. And that's easy with that because we just start talking about the real St. Patrick. I'm going to say Black History Month is like that. Why don't we say, what a great time for us to go digging into the archives, so to speak, find my brothers and sisters that I've been unaware of till now, and tell the world about them because God has moved sovereignly with his gracious hand in their lives. And this is the month, at least, if I don't do it any other time, where I need to do that. And then I'll put it on blast to the world to see, trumpet it to my kids and everybody else so God can get the glory. Yeah, That's what we're going to talk about in the next segment. We're going to briefly kind of recap, talk about a Christian view of culture, and then introduce you to some figures you need to know. Yo, this sounds like a beat that I should spit to, <laughs> get into this next segment. Vocab alone, my pigment is that of Italiano, because that's my emo globin i don't know what i'm spoken saying the beat is over <laughs> i'm just playing this is koinonia radio my name is vocab alone urban theologian radio we are on 1360 kpxq faith talk live got some people checking us out on periscope what's up you can join us and view us got about 15 minutes left so you still got time to do it at 
Urban Theologic on Twitter or on Periscope. And uh, today we're asking the question, is there such a thing as a Christian view of Black History Month? Because 1360's kind of subtitle about what they do here is Connecting Faith and Life. That's what we're trying to do. And to do that, I've got John Talley Third. What's up, what's up, what's up? So How y'all John doing? Talley Third, if somebody's just joining us, what are some highlights you'd want to share with them before we hit our next topic? Yeah, we talked about... Um suffering um, and how that is uh, a Christian view of suffering and how that is intertwined within uh, black history. Um, And we talked about slavery and we talked about all of the different sufferings that people of color go through um, and how that correlates. Also talked about Providence. We talked a little bit about Lamel Haynes and Phyllis Wheatley and uh, how these uh, prominent African-Americans that are Christians how do you contribute it to the faith? All right. Well, last year, February of 2015, uh, we created a unique web series, digital cards with pictures of different black Christians throughout history and called it 30 Black Christians You Should Know. And then we put it up on our website, urbantheologianradio.com, as well as the Roosevelt website. And you can see all the images of all the folks we're talking about, as well as miniature bios of them all. So I'll show you if you're checking it out on Periscope. That's an example. And let's go through some of those because what we want to do is we want to give you examples of what we're talking about because here's what we've been saying. Um, Black History Month is part of the culture, and it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. And if you still think it's a bad thing, just learn to deal with it because it's probably a here-to-stay thing. And instead of saying some negative things we think about it, which I sometimes hear, let's think of a way God can get glory out of it. And so what I would like to see happen is Christians, especially of all types and stripes, look, Christians need to care about church history. First of all, Americans got a problem. They don't really care about church history. First of all, you need to care about church history, man. God has been working. He's been moving. He still is. Mm -hmm. Second of all, we shouldn't be like, well, I'm only interested in people from the European, you know, or America. Church history is broader than that. When we get to Revelation 5, it says what? Every nation, tribe, tongue. I mean, I don't want to go up to heaven and see all these black Christians and uh, they're going to be like, oh, you you never heard about us? You never read about us? (laughs) Oh, man, we know about your guys. We know about Charles Spurgeon, but you don't know about Charles Tinley? Come on, man. (laughs) I'm serious, though. I mean— why is it that we'd be like, well, if I'm not black, it's irrelevant to me? I mean, what kind of myopic view is that? This is God's people we're talking about. So we should just de facto care. And if you don't, ask the Lord to change your heart and start to care. And so what we're going to do is say, this is a chance for God to get glory. And look, I'm not saying there's necessarily anything wrong with being aware of, I'll mention somebody specifically, a guy like a Malcolm X. You should be aware of him. He's relevant to history, all of that. However, However, black Christians, white Christians, all the other types of Christians should go out of their way to, I don't want to say control the conversation, but at least have some steady input where we're like, hey, don't forget about Phyllis Wheatley. She was a great poet and she gave props to the Lord. I don't just want to hear about James Baldwin, uh, who was kind of, 
he, he I mean, had some anti-Christian stuff in his poetry. I don't want to just hear about Malcolm X. I want to hear about other folks, such as my main man John Perkins. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to say, we we need to like go search and talk about these brothers and sisters, and be like, boom, look, and God will get the glory. So let's do a little bit of that. So John Talley, who are some favorites of yours? Maybe let's start with one. Yeah. Of some folks you would like to mention from black church history for people to know about? Well, one of my favorites is Lamel Haynes. Uh, we kind of touched on him a little bit. Uh, another individual is uh, Daniel Payne. All right, who's Daniel Payne? Daniel Payne, he was an educator. Um, he, was a smart, he was a smart man, one of the first presidents, uh, excuse me, the first president of, um, of a college, uh, a university in the South. And um, he really had a holistic view of discipleship. Which I think is very, which is something I think we can learn from. Right. He he really took serious the uh, the command to basically teach to make right. disciples. He was an educator. So, so yeah, I, I, he's one. He's he's another one of my favorites as well. Yeah. So Daniel Payne, I mean, is free born, mastered math in three languages, was different driven from the South by legislation that forbid educating black folks. Now, look, stuff was so messed up. You guys have to understand this. So messed up that Christians were willing to violate God's command, not just by having slaves, but by compounding the error by saying, you can't teach them how to read. Now, look, Christians have always put a primary importance on what? Teaching people how to read the scriptures. That's one of the first things missionaries do when they go to a culture. How do they do that, though? First of all, they got to get some translated stuff. But in this case, you don't have to translate because you got all English speakers. But then they help the people learn how to read. They te- What I'm saying is you have a situation where a, a slave, a Christian or non-Christian, was forbidden from just even learning how to read the Bible. So Daniel Payne becomes a Christian educator, a very holistic view of discipleship, P.A. Y-N-E. Look him up. He's got some great sermons. I would recommend one where he had an address in 1839, I believe, was the year called Slavery Brutalizes Man. Real good stuff. Who's somebody else? Uh, Frederick Douglass. Frederick Douglass, yeah. Frederick Douglass, if you don't like him for any other reason, you've got to like his hair. (laughs) Amazing mane. What an amazing mane. (laughs) And and if you look at all his pictures, man, he looks like... He he looks like a person that you just don't want to mess with. <laughs> yeah. He looks like an old guy who carries a knife somewhere secretly. Yeah, he looks like he would like smack the crap out of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like he's like an academic Rick James. It's right, like, right. <laughs> nah, but tell me about Frederick Douglass, uh, eighteen eighteen to eighteen ninety five. Man, he was born in he was born in uh, slavery. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, uh, in uh, he was a writer. He was a preacher. Um, and interesting, he had a he he he, uh, he, he distinguished between a Christianity. Uh, of Christ and right. the Christianity of America or Christianity, Christianity of the Christianity land. Christianity slave masters yeah. especially, but yeah. And I just thought that was interesting. And once again, going through the whole suffering thing and how he was able to, um, you know, repent, believe in the gospel in the, those t- tough circumstances, he was also able to point out the hypocrisy yeah. of other Christians during that time. So um, He taught a secret Sunday school for slaves too. I like that. Yeah. I yeah. like that about him. I mean, imagine that. 
there was even places where Sunday school was outlawed and illegal, but yet he taught a secret Sunday school. I like how he describes his own conversion, Frederick Douglass. So this is the last quote we'll read from him. I saw the world in a new light, and my great concern was to have everybody converted. My desire to learn increased, and especially that I want a thorough acquaintance with the contents of the Bible. That's Frederick Douglass. Who else do you want to talk about here today, John Talley? Uh, Richard Allen. All right, who's Richard Allen? He founded the uh, black denomination AME. Okay, what's AME? African Methodist Episcopal. Do you know the story behind why he had to found it? Yeah, he was out. Uh, he was at a particular church, predominantly white church, and they was praying, you know, praying before the Lord. And uh, some people came in and basically told him that they can't be here. They can't pray here. The white deacons grabbed the black parishioners up off their knees and told them, you can't pray in this spot. That's crazy. And so <laughs> so uh, Richard Allen was like, man, we can't have this. Because, look, a lot of the segregation, when people start talking about, oh, why is there a black this and a black that, you know, AME, mm, a lot of this was yeah. forced upon them That's right. because of the hypocrisy of people that called themselves white Christians. Mm-hmm. And yep. it, so, I mean, it was the, I mean, it's amazing to think that, all the stuff a lot of these black Christians had to put up with, they were willing to still be like, all right, I'll, I know you treat me all messed up. I'll still go to church with you, though. You know what I'm saying? It was still like just a, an amazing amount of Christian love by and large. I'm not saying every black Christian's perfect or anything like that. I'm just saying an amazing amount of patience and forgiveness and loving kindness towards the other who treated them bad. And so you got Richard Allen going to start his own denomination because they're not welcome. So what else you would say about Richard Allen, sometimes called the father of the black church. Yeah, he's, that's, that's one of his names, father of the black church. I mean, I just think that he was a a bold uh, a bold man, especially during that time, to go out and say that, man, we can't have this. Um, we're going to go and, and start our own denomination, so to speak. Um, and he was a he was a gifted preacher, gifted yeah. pastor. Yeah, he uh, also, him and his wife, operated a stop on the Underground Railroad. All right, who else do you want to bring out when we talk about a Christian view of black History Month, and we're talking specifically about Black Christians. Who else you got? Oh man, um, Benjamin Benjamin Banneker. Benjamin Banneker. Yeah. Now we're going back old school. Yeah, Benjamin Banneker. He was he was a dope. He was a dope guy. Benjamin Banneker. I mean, this is going way back, seventeen thirty one to eighteen oh six. He was actually, if I'm not mistaken, a Minuteman. I believe wrote a letter to Thomas Jefferson arguing against slavery on yep. the basis of Christian doctrine. Yep. And his obituary said he was attached to no book more than the scriptures. I mean, a bright guy. He's what you might call a polymath, astronomer, scientist, author, inventor, surveyor. His almanac was pretty popular. And I think the interesting thing about him, he laid out the design for Washington, yeah. D.C., right? He helped lay out actually, the, the layout of Washington, D.C. He was a surveyor. So, yeah, smart guy, interesting guy, unique guy indeed. All right, let's 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 see who are some other ones here we might want to bring out. I mean, so we've only mentioned um, one gal. We mentioned um, one. Maybe let's let's do another gal. How about that? Let me see. I, th- I think I see one that would be good that some folks might know the name because her name is often associated with schools. Mary McClild Bethune, 1875 to 1955. She was actually educated at Moody Bible Institute. Established a school for poor black children, uh, the workers there in Florida. And she talked about she had a faith in a loving God and a desire to serve. That's why she did that. And she was even advisor to several presidents. 
And so, again, a woman of strong faith. And what I'm saying is there's so many folks like this, we barely touched the surface. There's so many more we could name. Jupiter Hammond, George Lyle, Absalom Jones, a man named Oladu Equiana, David George. I mean, it goes on and on and on. John Morant. We just don't have the time right now. We're going to come back for one more segment and kind of close things out. But, I mean, what I'm saying is redeem the time. Black History Month is part of the time. And Colossians 4, 5, 6 talks about us being wise and how we walk towards outsiders redeeming the time. I think bringing out great people that God has used mightily in his church is a great way to redeem the time. See you one more time. This is Vocab Malone. Sitting in for Tom Brown here on Quinania, having a great, wonderful conversation. I wish it wasn't even over, but I want people to continue this conversation. We've been talking about a Christian view of Black History Month. I've been with my good friend and fellow church member here, John Talley III. Yeah, yeah. Final words for you, John Talley. This is your slot, man. Uh, yeah, I would just say, man, um, for everybody to just want to encourage them to to research, uh, to learn about church history to learn about black church history and, and specifically like black church history is church history right <laughs> so uh the same way we learn about calvin and, and luther and and augustine and all of the church fathers and all that stuff the same way we need to be learning about um lamel haynes and daniel Payne and phyllis wheelie and all these other people as well so just want to recommend a couple books um to kind of get them started on their track on their journey on learning about black church history all right let's mention a couple books so write these down and uh this is to get you started on your track all right this is by Fabidi and I can't not pronounce Anawali, it. I think. Anawali. I can't pronounce the last name. Sorry. Uh, but it's called The Decline of African-American Theology from Biblical Faith to Cultural Captivity. Show the people uh, on Periscope that cover. Yeah, yeah. It's really a good book. Um, very, very insight. Very historic. And uh, I think people will benefit greatly from that. Right, right. And we also got Setting the Record Straight, American History in Black and White. Author name is David Barton. Right, right, right. Right there. Yep. All right, what else you got over there you want to recommend? Uh Heroes of uh, excuse me, Heroes in Black History. True stories from the lives of Christian heroes. David Netta Jackson. All right, all right. That's a good uh, kind of popular devotional biography type thing. And last one is by Carl Ellis, Free at Last. The Gospel and the African American Experience. He's kind of a uh, OG in this realm. Yeah, he's you know. an OG. He's a big homie. Let me mention a few others, um, maybe on a little more controversial tip, but I still think important. Liberating Black Theology, The Bible and the Black Experience in America by Anthony Bradley. And then I've actually got a book that's all about black missionaries. It's called Profiles of African American Missionaries by Stevens and Johnson. And this is... Uh, one more uh, by Mark Sidwell, Free Indeed, Heroes of Black Christian History. And this is different, but this is a good theology of people in general by Daniel Hayes called From Every People and Nation, A Biblical Theology of Race. It's on IVP. So look, I encourage you guys to continue this conversation and celebrate God's providence this month.